Hello, it is Monday, March 24th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. Um, earlier today on Twitter, I mentioned that I was going to discuss Habib Nurmagomedov as the character from Usual Suspects, Kaiser Soze. And uh, first of all, if you have never seen that movie, please, you know, go see it. See it somehow. Watch it. And, um... Yeah, great, great movie. But anyway, so here's the one scene in the movie, and this isn't a spoiler of any sort. They, He's referred to as a man of will and, and how he showed other men of will what what real will is. And and I think that that's kind of how Nurmagomedov is alike to the character because through all this past five months all we heard was Dana White saying how confident he was that he could get Nurmagomedov to come back to fight and at one point White said uh, you know it too Habib you know it I know you know it I can see it in his face when we talk you don't go your whole life being an incredible competitor and then one day just say that's it right before 30 you know I'm not buying it now I don't know if that was White just talking shit I think it was um, what he honestly felt because if we know anything about Dana White, we know he is immensely confident and we know that his way to get things done with the UFC is to pay the fighters more usually. Not pay them what they're worth because there's that giant gap between what they get paid currently and what they're worth. So maybe that inches more towards paying them what they're worth. Never gets up to the point or near the point of paying them what they're worth, but it gets closer. And for some of these guys, that's all it takes. And I understand that. I understand um, that money is an influence and the reason that a lot of people do this. I never got the feeling that Nurmagomedov was one of those people. And I think he proved that. I think Nurmagomedov was always and will always be a person who was motivated more by the actual sport and the competition than the money because the reality is, big picture, there is no money in MMA. Even at the top of the game, you would really have to consider what you're giving up to what you're getting as far as um, your body and your mind and your future. Again, very few, if any, maybe one or two um, UFC fighters are ever going to leave with generational wealth. And the one that is going to be Conor McGregor, maybe, if he doesn't spend it wildly. And I would say the majority of that money was made outside of MMA. Did MMA open the door? 100%. But it didn't pay it. So he took the opportunity there. So Nurmagomedov made the money he wanted, needed, desired, and cut out. 29-0, good enough for him, cut out. White doesn't understand that I don't think he can, I still, to with him even um, acknowledging that Nurmagomedov has retired at 29-0, I still don't think that White can comprehend that money was of no matter to, to Habib Nurmagomedov. Now, 
maybe you throw 150 million at them, that's a different story because then you're getting into generational wealth. But you throw five, 10, anything under 50, it, it's probably inconsequential to the big picture of Nurmagomedov and his, his future. But more importantly was Nurmagomedov's word. He gave his mother his word. And in uh, speaking to Megan Olivia of, with the UFC on the last event, she said, I mean, Nurmagomedov brought that up, said that every fight camp, he could see it taking a little bit out of his mother. And when she said she didn't want him to fight without his father, well, I guess I'm going to assume that was the final straw. That was the one where, you know, Nurmagomedov can say, all right, you're right. I, I don't need to do this anymore. Um, my motivation has, fa has faded a little bit with the death of my father, and I'm going to give you my word that I'm done. White, kind of slimy move, if you ask me, um, disregarded that and multiple times went after Nurmagomedov to get him to unretire. So Nurmagomedov showed him his will. White thought he was a man of will who could wait it out and entice him back with money or a fight against I don't know who because there's no one that Nurmagomedov would want to fight right now in lightweight. So the fight, the competition was not there. So with the competition not being there, the money became moot and the man of will showed the man who thinks he is a man of will who really had that will. And it was Habib because he is not interested in the same things that motivate Dana White, that motivate Conor McGregor. And that's, you know, that's not to judge anyone, but that is to say you need to understand different personalities, and Dana White does not do that. He understands one kind of personality, the kind he can bully and get what he wants with money. And that is not the kind of personality that Habib, or I would think anyone that Habib associates with is is um, well, per perhaps his manager. I don't think any of those folks are motivated by strictly money or fame. Is it nice to have? Sure, but knowing you're the best in the in competition, I think that means more to those to those folks that Habib surrounds himself with. That's just the feeling I get. If it was if it was any other way, I think he would have took uh, took the money and you know beat somebody up that he beat up before and walked away with it. But maybe that's a hollow victory to him then because there was no competition for him. So I think it's amusing that uh, White lost because he didn't understand the personality of the fighter. And along these same lines, I think it's kind of funny as well that White... Um, is trying to spin the narrative that, well, we'll acknowledge it now. Now, you should acknowledge it five months ago. And that, and that should really be embarrassing. That should be embarrassing to Dana White. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gather up this information when I get the time. But if you look at all these times and how confident he was and how cocky he got up to that point where he looked directly in the camera and said that he knew that Nurmagomedov knew that he would come back. All that failed. And then when it comes time to announce that failure, 
It happens late on a Thursday night, around midnight Eastern time, I think. And it's just a little blurb where he acknowledges that the retirement is official. And if you know about news dumps, late night news dumps, those are designed so you can't ask the person that is referenced the question of, well, any questions because it's midnight. And uh, that's what White did. That's what the UFC did. And he kind of just blew it off then. It turned into a non-story in his mind. But, but then during the broadcast, if you noticed, Paul Felder referenced the official retirement. Um, going into the post-fight show, they they acknowledged, I mean, they referenced the official retirement. The official retirement happened five months ago when, or whatever it was, when uh, Nurmagomedov beat Justin Gaethje. Because Dana White can't accept that he was wrong and had no influence over this person, that doesn't make it official. That just makes you stupid and wrong and you should be embarrassed by how cocky you were about bringing this guy back because it was never going to happen. As Nurmagomedov himself said, he didn't even think about it. So he ate Dana White's free food, traveled on Dana White's dime, and then cut out. Good for Nurmagomedov, and I'm glad he did so. And hopefully he'll be the second you know, big-time guy to do that. Uh, George St. Pierre was the first. Maybe, you know, Nurmagomedov gets uh, treated a little better than St. Pierre did. Maybe we don't hear how he owes the UFC. But you never know. You never know. Time time can change people's uh, opinion. And uh, sooner or later, I would not be surprised if Dana White took some cheap shots at Nurmagomedov. Right now, the relationship's pretty good, but... Something will happen. Because if we know anything about Dana White, he's not very uh, faithful to his friends or to anyone but himself. And I'll leave that at that for now. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Kevin Holland and Derek Brunson. Kind of the same situation. Um, the same kind of conversation, actually. Um... Kevin Holland, which I spoke, who I spoke about yesterday uh, a little bit, I'm kind of curious as to what the UFC is going to do with him because they did all that promotion and all those uh, video montages for the fight card on Saturday, and then he went out and, you know, laid an egg, um, took the L, didn't really, wasn't really into the fight all that much, had a couple moments of striking, but just out-wrestled. And did he trash talk? Sure. But did he do anything much else? Mm, not really. Uh, to me, I'm going to be more more focused on what Holland does next because now he learned a lesson. And if he bounces back and shores up the issues that, he, that were exposed in the Brunson fight and still trash talks, fine. Good for him. If he just trash talks and doesn't fix any of the issues, not good for him. That career is going to be much shorter then. But my question now is, who does the UFC book Kevin Holland against? And I think that's going to be the telling, uh, the telling part of this relationship. They spent a lot of money, you know, relatively, because usually you don't see that big of a push for a fighter who is pretty unproven. Um, 
you see it occasionally when they when the UFC decides that that's somebody they're going to get behind, and obviously Holland was somebody they were going to get behind. So you saw the videos. You saw that you know they sent video crews out to where where he lives and follow him around and 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 put the time into promoting him. And so did ESPN. So it's going to be interesting to see if the UFC is salty about all that and who they book him against. And if they book him against a striker or someone who is not a wrestler at all, then you know they are still in on Kevin Holland. If they book him against someone who is a wrestler first or a jiu-jitsu guy first, someone with some good takedowns and a high percentage of takedowns, then you know they are out of the Kevin Holland business. It, and it would not surprise me if they're out of the Kevin Holland business because Dana White's probably going to take it a little personally in that, that he got kind of fooled by this this whole Holland thing. But should he? Because let's not forget, and this is another rewriting of history I think we'll see, Dana White did not want to sign well, actually, did not sign Kevin Holland coming off the off the um, contender series. He basically didn't like the way he talked. That turned around when he started to get popular after White called him in to fight uh, Santos on short notice. But when he made that fight, he referred to him as Big Mouth and let's see what Big Mouth does. And not in a complimentary way. But you make Dana White money, he comes around and... That's why Holland got the push. But you lose Dana White money, he gets a little salty. And that's why I'm going to watch what shakes out here as far as the next booking for Kevin Holland. Uh, so something to definitely pay attention to. And, and I wonder a little bit too if, if the promos and what the, what the UFC focused on so much and ESPN leading up to the fight, I wonder if that had any influence on Holland's performance because when you promote a guy as this, in Holland's case, Big Mouth, um, then maybe that fighter feels the pressure to deliver and maybe that's the focus then on that fight for that fighter rather than actually performing. I don't know. Could that have happened? Yeah, 100% could that have happened because that's kind of what the UFC painted him, the corner they painted him into. You're the guy that just yaps 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 throughout the fight now you won five fights in a row doing that so cool but you lost this one so now now you're the heel now you're the guy that screwed us so interesting this is going to see what happens there um same with brunson now brunson has beaten three of the ufc's hand-picked i would guess you would call them rising stars um i think he beat well now he beat um Holland. Before that, he beat Edmund Shabazian, and I think the other one was uh, Ian Heinich. And so now he's got those three wins, and he was the number seven ranked fighter in the division. Yes, he's been with the UFC for many, many years, um, but what are they going to do with him now? Are you going to make him fight another uh, up-and-comer, or are you going to actually take it, take, uh, take care of this guy? That's the question. He called out Paula Costa um, before, I mean, after they fight, would that fight be a good one? Yep. Does Brunson have a chance to beat Costa? 100%. With that, with his wrestling skills, 100%. He has a chance to, to beat him. He also has a chance to get knocked the hell out, but does the UFC risk Costa? 
maybe, maybe, maybe they they are not too uh, thrilled with him either because he went out there and got embarrassed against Israel Adesanya after White said there was no way possible that wasn't going to be an exciting fight, and it might not only would it be fight of the night, but it would be fight of the year. None of that happened because Adesanya just ran through him. So maybe you know. Brunson can't be in the favorite of the UFC right now after he's knocking off all their up-and-comers. And Costa can't be the favorite of the UFC right now after getting beaten by Israel Adesanya. So maybe that's a fight that, that happens. And then you let the chips fall where they may. Or do you book Derek Brunson against another up-and-comer and show him what you think of him? Show him that even though he's knocking out up-and-coming fighters you still don't respect him even though he's having one of the best runs of his UFC career you still don't respect him could I see either one of those happening yep I could see that going either way as well I you know I don't I don't think the UFC does a lot of its booking based just on um, what is justified I think sometimes personal feelings uh, come into play and I be very it's going to be very interesting to watch how these two next bookings play out because personal feelings could definitely become involved in both of them i want to finish off on something that i find you know kind of confusing and kind of amazing if you notice this past week we've seen a change in the phrasing of positive COVID-19 tests for the UFC. Fighters are going, are getting removed from fight cards because of what we are, what they are referring to as COVID-19 protocols. And then they're not really saying that is a positive COVID-19 test. But we know, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky, who was taken out of the fight, UFC 260 fight, trained with Brad Riddell and Shane Young, who were taken out of their fights. And we know that Volkanovski tested positive. We know that one for the very, at the very least because he admitted it. And so why the change in tone? Why the change in wording? Well, it's simple. The change is because the UFC is going to Texas and Florida. And now they want to make it look like they're following their own protocol. So you change positive COVID-19 tests to COVID-19 protocol and folks who aren't paying enough attention are paying close attention, think, oh, look, safety. When not really, not really safety. And once again, how do you test positive for COVID-19 inside a bubble? Well, that's the mystery, isn't it? Or, or does the UFC not have a bubble? Because from everything we've seen in the past and what I've heard, no real bubble in Las Vegas. And even the bubble in Fight Island, which was a real bubble, got violated by Dana White and his cronies who went out and shot some videos outside of that bubble and then came back in without quarantining. So a bubble can be ruined by one person. And if you're going to tell me that the, all the UFC staff who are at the apex are staying in the bubble for the total time that these events are taking place in Las Vegas, I am not going to believe that especially with Dana White. So you that's why you see this change in tone. That's why you see or hear 
um, the fights were pulled off because of COVID-19 protocol because it makes it sound like the UFC is doing the right thing. Don't believe it. Keep an eye on this and keep watching how the, the wording shakes out too. I, are we going to see more fights called off be, between now and 261 and 262? Probably. Are we going to see an increase in positive COVID-19 tests in Florida and Texas? Possibly because they have relaxed um, re- relaxed things and you know no mask mandates. So we'll see what happens. But that's something I'm going to be watching from starting now and tracking. So I will have my eye on that. And we'll see how this all plays out. We'll see how safe the UFC is from now until those events. We'll see how those states shake out. And we'll see what happens if the UFC even announces any kind of protocol for these events to keep fans, fighters, staff, anyone associated with the events safe. Because as of now, word one, haven't heard word one from the UFC. I asked them, no reply, not even acknowledgement. I asked... um, Florida, they said it was just going to, you know, they trusted the UFC and the governor. And I asked the commission and they said nothing about any extra um, testing. So we'll see how it shakes out because right now it just seems as business as usual. And that's kind of frightening. And it also tells you a lot that the two commissions that the, the UFC went to and got approved from here for full crowds were Florida and Texas, who have a reputation as being two of the more lax commissions. They didn't go to California. They didn't even go to Nevada. They didn't go to New Jersey. They didn't go to Ohio. They went to the two commissions who uh, have had, um, if they haven't had issues in the past, have been pretty soft on things. Let's not forget, Texas approved uh, Kimbo Slice and Dada 5000, so... That's that should tell you that should tell you plenty, plenty, plenty. So there's a lot to watch, huh? So I will be keeping an eye on these things and trying to keep up on reporting them. And so if you're interested, um, stay tuned. And until tomorrow, everyone stay safe. Mm-hmm.